Sounds like football, baby. <laughs> Oh, what's going on? We are one hour and five minutes into this damn thing. I can't believe we've made it this far. I'm your host, Kyle August. You're checking out the Fantasy Football Smackdown Start Sits, and we got a full room here. I'm going to start by introducing these guests, and I'm going to go to the man that has had to bring up the caboose here and there, but we're going to start with the man batting leadoff uh, is Lou Dog at Lou Dog Sherman. Lou, how's it going, man? I also need your go-to Thanksgiving Day food. Need your number one, 101. Ooh. My my one uh, we had this draft last year, but I think I'm gonna go with um, my favorite thing is mashed potatoes on the the dinner plate. Thanksgiving. All right. All right, good deal. And we are if you're watching live still and hanging out, we're gonna have the Daily Destroyer. That's where Lou makes his money here on the DWZ network. Of course, we're gonna keep it rolling. If you watch the SmackDown and listen to my shows on all these years way back in the fellows, we just talk about food all the damn time, sprinkling some fancy football. Jerry Sinclair, good to have you here. Best hair in the business. Sorry, Dallas. What up, man? How you been? Uh, I don't know. I would still give it to Dallas. I'm great. It is good to be back here. The intro got me so hyped. I was ready to flip my computer off my desk and get this party rolling. Uh, what What's your best Thanksgiving side, man? Oh, well, mine's easy. If the, the people know, it's uh, it's the cranberry sauce that comes straight out of the can. That when you get flip it, it goes... And then it has the ridges, so you know where to cut. Thanksgiving Day food for dummies right here. You have the palate of a street rat. <laughs> well, uh, it's, you know, that's, I'm, I'm, I think I'm okay with that. I think I've been more insulted than like that. Like between and, you and your canned cranberry and your dinosaur chicken nuggets at Thanksgiving, I don't know if I can continue doing this podcast. Well, I know it's Thanksgiving whenever Jerry Sinclair brings his turkey as trash to the Twitterverse. So uh, good is. to have you here, man. Uh, we got, we got one, we not, we don't, not just one, we got two Kyles on the show, Dr. Kyle making his return to the fantasy football SmackDown. But I think this is the first time that we've been on the show together. I think you've held it down for me on prior shows, but, uh, how's it going, man? How you been, Kyle? Good. I'm also a fan of canned cranberries and also a low key fan of green bean casserole. I've only ever had one green bean casserole. Uh, thanks Aunt Nancy. And it is the bomb. So I look forward to that every Thursday. And probably like anywhere from like twelve to twenty-seven beers. <laughs> there you go. That that actually, I'm going to change my pick. My favorite Thanksgiving Day food is beers. Uh, actually, number one would be cold beers. Number two would just be beers. So whatever you got, whatever you got, uh, readily available. Of course, the Godfather, the man himself, Memphis, making his triumphant return to the SmackDown and been hosting this here uh mammoth show all night I'm, that's i'm gonna give him a breather here and take over these duties but memphis how you been man what's your thanksgiving food hot take uh well it's, it's good it's good to be here hey now <laughs> and uh my my go-to is my mother-in-law is dessert it is seven layer bars it's got like peanut butter chips it's got coconut it's got chocolate it's it's got seven layers i i, I know at least three they're delicious. I usually make my wife hide those for me because that's will literally be all I eat all day. And like they, they always turn around, like where would all these go? And they like they know it's me. It's like why are you asking hypotheticals? Why don't you just ask me how many I'm actually going to eat? And the answer is all of them. That's good stuff, man. I dig it. And of course, he's back in the saddle. The tight end whisperer himself, the man that cannot be stopped. 
the man that led me to play Zach Ertz and smashed the living bejesus out of one G the Aussie. It's Dallas returning the glory. How's it, man? How's it going, man? Uh, good. It's great to be back. Uh, classic intro. I recognize that one as opposed to the other ones a little bit better. Um, but yeah, if I had to go with my Thanksgiving, uh, I'm more of a traditionalist when it comes to like things just I only eat on Thanksgiving. It would be pumpkin pie. And then I don't think I've ever had a crescent roll, not on Thanksgiving. So those would probably be my two right. uh, when it comes to the meals. But uh, yeah, I'm ready to talk some more Smackdown jazz today. Heck yeah, man. All right. Good stuff. Yeah, that's the one thing I like about Thanksgiving is there's a lot of good food. As uh, people that listen to this show over the years know, I'm not uh, I'm not against much. But I do like the Thanksgiving Day foods that you just eat on Thanksgiving. That kind of makes it a little bit special. So it's it's kind of like the Lions. It's the only time I ever pay attention to the Lions is that one day a year. So that's why it makes the Lions so special. Uh, let's get these thing rolling. We got starts and sits. We got a full crew here, six of us. So each of us are going to bring just one start and one sit. Uh, and I think we got some good ones here. So let's uh, let's kick it all the way back. We'll go to Lou. I like, I, I'm looking in the dock here. I like in yours. So I'm going to make you bat lead off once again. What is the player that you're looking to start this week heading into week 12? Yeah, I'm, I'm looking to start Elijah Moore. And some of that might be a little uh, biased too. I had him on the bench on a couple weeks last year, last week. And uh, that burned me. Cause he, you know, he finally went off and um, he seems to be the number one wide receiver now uh, at the jets and his upside's pretty high. He had 11 targets last week, uh, especially if we're going to see Flacco there again. But I mean, the big, the big thing for me is they're facing the Texans too. So it's, it's one of the best matchups he's going to have. And he's coming off of uh, a week where he was highly targeted. We've seen the upside and um, I really like him this week. Yeah, and with uh, when you got Kansas City uh, and Arizona on by this week, you got some players missing in action. So hopefully it'll be a little bit easier. But I know Elijah Moore's been putting up those points on a lot of people's benches. Uh, so hopefully he can get it done this week in a good matchup because there's no way the Texans can do it twice, right? Uh, as someone who started Ryan Tannehill in every single league that I owned him, uh, Sunday was a living hell. So hopefully the the Jets, of all people, can be the ones to turn it around against the mighty Houston Texans uh jerry sinclair everyone knows that your weekly start sits are gold that's why you can't give them out to the public for free so uh who are you starting this week uh you say that and then i'm going to answer with with the guy that i wrote down and it it makes me feel a little dirty because it's miles sanders so i'm gonna have to give you a little caveat with this because if you are in a situation where you are deciding where miles sanders may be the guy you need to put in your lineup you are in a bit of a pickle, uh, to, for lack of a better phrase. Um, but he's gotten he's gotten work, right? So he got 16 carries immediately. He got almost 100 yards. The last time that he played them, he had almost the same. They have a bad run D. Jordan Howard's out. Like The stars are aligning for him to disappoint me, but for whatever reason, I'm, I'm in on it a little bit. All right, there you have it. If you're in a league that you can only start players named Miles Sanders or other measures of distance, uh, <laughs> then you can plug in Miles again. Sanders. I dig it. Uh, I I was I was pretty happy with uh, the his usage right out of the gate. Um, you know, considering that you know he posted on Instagram that he was back you know ten days ago, and then the Eagles were like, well, maybe maybe he could be back. Who knows? And then they activate him and play him, and he got decent workload. So with Howard out, I dig it. Uh, 
Kyle, I'm going to kick it to you, man. What do you think about these two first starts of Elijah Moore, Miles Sanders, any thoughts on those, and, and who are you looking to plug and play into your lineup in Week 12? Oh, did he, he pull a Jerry on the show? Baby. Yeah, oh, buddy. yes, there it is. There's the snoozing doing my research over here because uh i mean to, to come prepared on a wednesday night folks is a feat to come prepared on a tuesday night does not happen uh, uh elijah moore i love it got him in the scott fishbowl um if my team my team was built to to win late so you know fingers crossed for that um and then yeah miles sanders saw decent decent work last week like you said jordan howard's out i'm trying to buy him in one league so i know that guy is a clown um I'm probably not going to end up with him, but um, my guy, and uh, it might be square as shit. I don't know, but uh, going back to the Michael Gallup, well, he had all the peripherals last week and just the, the fantasy football box score looks a little bit like a dud, uh, five receptions for 44 yards. Seems disappointing, but 10 targets on a 94% snap share. Um, and like Dallas said, like Dak has an eye for him. He is the downfield guy. He can catch it in uh, space. He can catch it uh, contested. So I'm going back to the Michael Gallup. Well, everywhere. I got him everywhere. I've waited so long for it to come back. I can't I can't put him back on the shelf. There you go. I think I keep telling myself that too. When I look at my a lot of my rosters, I'm like, oh, this is a this is a win down the stretch team. Uh, <laughs> and then hopefully that part comes uh, sometime soon. But uh, yeah, I, I, the target numbers were crazy for Gallup last week, despite them not being able to put it together. Uh, but I think that better days ahead for that offense for sure. And especially when you're talking about Cooper out for sure. Lamb up in the air. Uh, I like the call quite a bit. Uh, Memphis. I like the name I'm seeing here on yours. I'm interested to hear your take on him for week uh, 12. Then I got a follow-up question for you. What? Uh, who's your start here for week 12? My my start of the, the week is James Robinson. And I don't want it to make it feel like a lazy take. Oh, hey, thanks Memphis for telling me to start the RB15 on the season but you know he he is coming off of the heel injury and he's coming off of arguably his his worst game of the season he had 12 rushing attempts for only 29 yards but he has scored a touchdown in six of his last seven starts the one start that he did not was the game that he got hurt against the Seahawks Um, this guy has a nose for the end zone And this is a great matchup. Atlanta has given up the sixth most fantasy points to the running backs this year, but also they've given up the 10th most receptions to the running back position this year. Uh, Just a lot of reasons between, you know, touchdowns are not always guaranteed. They're very uh, hit and miss, but it seems like when they get to the goal line, he's involved and the matchup's great. Uh, I think the line, I know we recently did the, the fabulous big bet podcast with all you guys speaking of gambling and the line in this game is Atlanta is a one point favorite. So they should be in this game. There should be plenty of rush attempts for James Robinson. And just give me the guy who's going to get the volume. Yeah. I liked, uh, I was much appreciative of that James Robinson touchdown last week. It was one of those, uh, squeezing it in uh, between the actual games that mattered on red zone. They're like, by the way, we show you every touchdown. Here's James Robinson. Uh, so I, that was good day saver for him in week 11. What's your quick, because you're the dynasty, man, we record the dynasty war zone. Uh, this is a guy that I've, I've pretty much hedged my bets. I didn't sell him before the draft last year because Jerry Sinclair told me not to. Then they drafted Travis Etienne. I wanted to punch myself square in the scrotum. 
Uh, then Travis Etienne gets injured. And I'm like, hell yeah, look at me. I'm back on top because I own James Robinson. And we might be going back to that whole cycle once again. So what are you doing with James Robinson in Dynasty there, Memphis? Uh, I'm holding. Or if someone wants to give me a discount, I will buy. I mean, how many backfields do we have to see support two running backs before we realize that it's it's not an all or nothing proposition? I mean, there's a handful of those out there, but I said before the, the season, this could be a poor man's version of Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. And James Robinson is is playing that role. Uh, I mean, it's it's the we'll call it for the Dynasty War Zone because we've said it before. To me, it's the Peter Griffin corollary about the boat. You know, the, the, oh, whoa, 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 whoa. It's, it's the mystery box, you know, but, but Peter, you got a boat. I understand that. But in that mystery box could be anything, even a boat. And, and that, that's Travis Etienne. He, he could be a, a running back one and, and he very well could be, but I know James Robinson, barring any more injuries is going to finish with back-to-back thousand yard rushing seasons, back-to-back RB one which is a top 12 finish in my book. I'm always going to consider an RB1, wide receiver one, et cetera, as someone who finishes top 12 in their position group. And he's going to do it two years in a row. And I've also seen Jacksonville trade players they've invested first-round draft capital in before. Midway, not midway, but like three or four weeks into the season, they traded former ninth overall pick C.J. Henderson. They traded him to the Carolina Panthers for Dan Arnold in a third. Nothing would make me more happy because I'm greedy and I have plenty of ETN and as well as Robinson, but I would do nothing. Nothing would make me happier than to see them trade Travis ETN or James Robinson to Arizona in the off season. We'll see what happens, but no, I, I I'm cool with holding or even buying James Robinson in a dynasty. I dig it. That was selfishly just for myself. Uh, so I could see if I want to move on from any James Robinson shares this upcoming off season. So appreciate the dynasty spin there. Let's get to uh, my regular regular co-host on this Start Sit show every single week. The dude brings the tight end fire, and you got another tight end start for us this week. Dallas, who are we looking at? Yeah, before I dive in, does everyone collectively on this video believe in the tight end whisperer? Because he only exists if you believe in it. All right, we I have believe <laughs> Just I mean, stats for everyone, because there's a lot of you. I feel like I following. He has his own stats. He brings his stats about himself. Let's hear it. Yeah, Let's do it. the Dallas Hider stats for you. I've made six tight end picks for this illustrious show. Out of those six picks, I am averaging 19.6 points per game in a straight PPR, non tight end premium from my picks. I've had one under 10 points at 8.7, and that was just because touchdowns are not sticky, all right? But I go based off of volume, and my start for this week is a guy that is seeing all the volume for his team, all the snaps, and is just being forgotten just really because he hasn't had any insanely high boom weeks. That's Tyler Higby with the Rams. He's going up against Green Bay this week, who although they're in the middle of the pack against tight ends, on a scoring standpoint, they're actually tied for the third in the league currently with receptions allowed to the tight end position at six per game. So looking at that pretty steady floor from a guy like Tyler Higby, who's sitting right now over the last five games, he's seen under 97% of the total team snaps of the tight end position once, and it was in the complete blowout where they took him out against Houston in the third quarter. Over that same time span, he's averaged six targets a game. 
He's averaged five receptions a game. You're sitting at a floor in normal tight end right there at 50 yards a pop. You're looking at at a minimum without a tight end touchdown, probably somewhere in the nine to 10 point range. I like this matchup against Green Bay. I like the opportunity for a touchdown more than I've liked it over the last couple games. And you're going to see that tight end target volume funnel that we're still getting, even with the addition of OBJ, even with the breakout of Van Jefferson earlier on in the year. So I'm pretty high on Tyler Higby. You should be starting him at the tight end position. Odds are he's on your waiver wire in a lot of leagues that are non-dynasty at least. I like I like the call and I like anything that will uh, put OBJ just lower in everyone's mind. Uh, so Higby hopefully can put up a big game here, keep this streak going. He's gotten the Dallas blessing, so let's move let's move uh, on with that with that uh, hit rate. Uh, I'll give you my start of the week. It's Brandon Ayuk. Uh, uh, <laughs> two months ago, this guy apparently had keyed uh, Kyle, Kyle Shanahan's car, uh, pissed in his gas tank, did something. I don't know, but the dude couldn't find the field. But that has changed. Over the last month, this dude's been a lot better. Brandon Ayuk is my start. He's going up against Minnesota. Uh, this one's going to be in San Francisco. Minnesota gives up the third most fancy points to wide receivers on the year. They've given up 17 or more fancy points to our wide receivers seven times in the last four games. And Brandon Ayuk, like I said, he's out of the doghouse. 26 targets in his last four games. That was after 16 targets in his first six games. So 26 over the last four versus 16 in that first six craziness. Seven or more targets in three of his games, and he's at an 88% snapshot or better in the last month. Give me Brandon Ayuk going up against the Vikings. Uh, I dig it. So, And I say I dig it because it's my own damn pick. All right, uh, let's move on to the sits, the stuff we don't dig. Uh, Lou, we'll let you uh, lead this one off. Who are we fading in Week 12? For me, it's uh, Miles Gaskin. I think last week he had a pretty solid game, but a lot of that came just from volume. Uh, He hasn't been very efficient. He's got about three yards per carry over the last five games. And Carolina's had a, a pretty decent defense this year. And I think coming off of a game where it was a cake match and then now people see like he, he almost didn't get there last week. Like he, he was able to get a touchdown through the air. But um, for me, I think it, it could have just sort of been a false flag and it, it's going to come back down to earth this week. Yeah. I like, he was actually in consideration for my sit as well. He was my start last week because the Jets defense is completely putrid. And uh, so I'm watching that game very closely. I might've thrown a little bit of action on uh, miles Gaskin to score. And in that, I mean, it was the first or second drive uh, they hand off on, uh, and this guy goes run onto the edge and scores. And I see a seven. I'm like, hell yeah. And it wasn't miles Gaskin. Miles Gaskin was a wildcat quarterback and hands it to, uh, Jalen Waddle. So look, luckily my start last week hit because Gaskin got all that work last week and scored the touchdown because that's what running backs do against the Jets. But I like fading him in week 12. Uh, another man we won't fade is Jerry Sinclair, who's going to bring us with his fade of the week. Who are you sitting there, Jerry? Uh, it's going to piss you off a little bit, buddy, because yeah, you, yeah. like, you like this guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like this guy, but it's T. Higgins. So he's, you know. Pittsburgh, they got Minka Fitzpatrick likely coming back. Joe Hayden's probably coming back. We'll see about TJ Watt. He hasn't scored a touchdown since week two, and Joe Mixon has been a absolute touchdown monster over the last seven games. I think he has ten touch, nine or ten touchdowns. He scored a touchdowns in every single one of those games. Jamar Chase is the dude there. It, T. Higgins hasn't been bad. 
right? Like he, he's gotten targets, he's gotten catches, he's gotten some yards, nothing explosive. I don't know. Just just for that reason alone, I'm gonna I'm gonna hurt my own soul. I'm gonna hurt the host soul, and I'm gonna take T. Higgins. Yeah, it hasn't been T. Higgins' season uh, as much as I would have liked it to be. Uh, so hopefully he can bounce back here in this last whatever third of the season down the stretch because I know he's in a lot of my lineups, but could be tough sailing this week against a healthier Pittsburgh defense. Uh, fellow Kyle, man, who, who you got? Who you sitting? Who's out this week? Ryan. Tannehill. <laughs> yeah, screw that guy. <laughs> boo. That's like all those Adam Sandler movies. Just the, some some guy in the background boos because Ryan Tannehill shows up. Um, yeah, the, I mean, we've seen the Titans. They've had some some big wins uh, up until this week, which, you know, if you got a sneak peek at the Dynasty Warzone uh, fabulous big bet spreadsheet that Memphis and I did not uh, get to share with the world. So if you know my password, maybe you saw that we were on the Texans plus 10 last week. I'm renting. Anyway, uh, Tannehill, yeah, he's got a tough matchup this week. He's going into New England. The Titans have zero weapons unless you're interested in Dontrell Hilliard because probably somewhere you're going to need to put in all your fab and start a guy like that. But if you have a better option than Tannehill, I feel like at best he's a, a back-end QB too. So um, if you're in one QB leagues, you should definitely not have to start Ryan Tannehill. And if you're in Superflex, I would hope that you have somebody with slightly more upside. Um, so, yeah, send him. Yeah, he's de- he's outside the top 15 for me this week. I believe he is over at Fancy Pros as well in their consensus rankings. You want to try to get away from him if you can. A.J. Brown banged up in a tough matchup. Not a good combination there. Uh, let's go over back to Memphis. Memphis, who are you planting on the pine in week 12? Well, I, one, uh, I'll give you a, a, a spoiler, a hint. It's a, it's a former teammate of Ryan Tannehill. And you know what handsome gentleman that hosts the Dynasty Warzone? Do you, do you know which one of those two hosts was very anti-Ryan Tannehill coming into this season? Because he knew. He knew that new Tennessee Titans offensive coordinator Todd Downey was nothing but a sack of shaved monkey nuts. Yeah, it was me. It was me. Um, just just a horrible situation. I, I, I never bought the hype of, oh, my God, it's Julio and it's, it's A.J. Brown. And, you know, Tannehill was doing okay when Derrick Henry was there. But, man, that, that that's tough sledding. I'm actually fading his former teammate, Jonu Smith, and his current teammate, Hunter Henry. Uh, Tennessee is a low-key tough matchup against the tight end. They have only given up uh, about, we'll call it just four catches a game. It's just a shade under for 34 yards a game to the tight end position in total. And it's not like they faced a bunch of bums at the tight end position. They have faced Dawson Knox, who's a top 10 fantasy tight end. They they faced a guy named Travis Kelsey. Colts have okay tight ends. I mean, they, they face some some decent tight end groups this year, and they've been very, very stingy. Uh, you think about how Bill Belichick is going to want to win this game. Um, and, and you know what's weird is that the, if you look at every team with the exception of Kansas City, who's leading their division currently, they're capable of running the ball. And, and it's almost as if running the ball, it's like head coaches – uh, they're like thumbing their nose at the analytics nerds. We're just going to run the ball. Yeah, we know. We, we've heard you tell us that passing's more efficient and blah, blah, blah. And Bill Belichick's like, here's two middle fingers and a healthy dose of Ramondre Stevenson and Damian Harris. So for me, 
Uh, it may be harder to get away from Hunter Henry because he's got so much touchdown upside. But if I can, I'm getting away from Janu for sure. And if I can, if I have like a Dawson Knox or a, someone of that nature, I'm trying to get away from from uh, Hunter Henry for the week as well. Yeah, there you go. Just plug in Tyler Higby over Hunter Henry and you will hit. Plug plug him in. Plug him in. Uh, you know, so, some other tight ends, I mean, we were already past that. But, like, if you're looking, you guys have done the waiver wire. But, you know, guys that uh, – the, the the Chargers, you know, the, they're playing the Broncos. Maybe you could get away with player Albert Okwabunum. Uh, Philadelphia, I know everybody hates Evan Ingram. I would rather play Evan Ingram. The Philadelphia Eagles are the best matchup for the tight end position. They're giving up, eh, we'll call it just over seven catches a game for about 78 yards a game to tight ends. You know, he'll probably drop at least three of those targets, but if there's ever a shot for for Evan Ingram to convert one, it's it's this week. We'll, uh, we'll throw it back to your co-host, the tight end whisperer. We'll get his sign off, his seal of approval. I was going to say Memphis is in here trying to get in on that uh, that action. Dallas, what, what's your any thoughts on those guys? Then you can take it away with your sit as well. Yeah, no, I'm with you on the sit at tight end. Um, not really high on this week. Um, mine is a little bit different. I'm diving back into the wide receiver pool, so you know probably to do the opposite of what I'm telling you to do. But uh, it goes a little bit into my Bears hatred for this week, and my sit of the week is actually going to be Darnell Mooney. Um, for me, I don't like the matchup that he's going to have. The Lions have been actually a little bit difficult against the wide receiver position as a whole. The defense with Dan Campbell at the helm has been a little bit better than you would expect. They're about middle of the pack. Right now, Mooney has to be the one with Andy Dalton at quarterback. He also has what I think is a foot sprain. Um, he got kind of hobbled at the end of the game. It was pretty much the last play of the game. Um, his targets have been holding his value up, which is great. That's what I want to see in a wide receiver, but I don't like what this game script is most likely going to be. Um, Lou had alluded to it a little bit earlier in our uh, other segment about how this line, you should probably be betting the under on it just because it's going to be most likely an ugly game. So uh, I don't like Darnell Mooney to have a big game. He's been pretty consistent as of late, but most of that was with Justin Fields and uh, the big boom that he had was what, he can do, which is a screen play, but I'm avoiding him this week. There you go. And especially with uh, Allen Robinson unlikely to play, a lot of people might be looking that route, but steer clear. Dallas warns you guys, don't be sitting there with that poor performance sitting in your face all weekend as you're setting that lineup still and having to march around Darnell Mooney's crappy performance. So uh, I'll wrap this thing up. My sit of the week, if you can get away from him, it's always tough to say to sit any running back that's been productive enough. Um, but if you can get away from Leonard Fournette, I'm going to try. Uh, he's currently running back 15 over at Fantasy Pros rankings for this week. It's going up against a really tough defense on the road in Indy. Memphis is stomping grounds. That defense has held running backs to the fewest fantasy points on the season, uh, including just three rushing touchdowns on the entire year. Uh, and playoff Lenny, he might be saving it for the playoffs apparently too because he has not been – very good as of late over the last three games has no more than 11 carries no more than 50 yards rushing uh the the receptions have definitely helped him over the last couple weeks some some man named ronald jones stumbled into the the end zone by accident uh on monday night football for tampa bay uh but uh if i can get away from Leonard Ford, i'm going to try to in this tougher matchup um he had a nice little he he started off really cold had a nice little run there and has been cold over the last three weeks so uh, i'm going to try to get away from Leonard Fournette if i can Although when you look at the running back rankings after him, 
it gets pretty gross. Uh, we've, we've some guys are dropping like flies right now. So, uh, yeah, that's it. I'm putting a bow on this thing. I'm just going to end this. We, we got uh, one more segment here. If you're watching us live on YouTube. So before I kick this outro music, be sure to check out all of these guys, wherever you listen to podcasts, this has been a uh, fun year for me personally, hanging out with all these guys on this network. Uh, and doing the show with Dallas on Thursday as well. So if you, for some reason you're not checking out the Big Bet with Memphis and Kyle or the War Zone, of course, the Mothership or the Daily Destroyer with Lou and Tyler, you need to be. Uh, I will be, a little programming note for myself, I will be back on Saturday. I got nothing else to do this weekend apparently. Uh, so I'm going to do waiver wire sniping, regularly scheduled YouTube only on Saturday. So for myself and all these fine gentlemen, this has been the SmackDown. We're going to keep this train moving. Here we go. All right. And, well...